You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Ah, good afternoon. Healthy, alive, doing well. Um, yeah, just life as usual. Yeah. Well, that's great. You know, I, I'm I'm hearing a lot of things about um, recounts and and uh, voter fraud and, and a lot of that stuff. Before we get into that, I, I just want to say we were going to sit down with Marty today, but he sent me a text this morning and he said that he made a mistake and he wasn't going to be able to make it today. So we're going to sit down with him tomorrow and we're going to go over. And I, you know what? I can't be can't say that I'm that I'm upset about that, not because of him, but because I need a break from looking at that slob, Schwab. I need, I need a break, don't you? I mean, I, I need a break from that for just a day. I'm tired of this guy. You, you kind of had me going there for a minute. I, I thought you were going to be honorary to Marty, and then you, you, you did a switcheroo on me on the no, end. No, and... no, no, of course not. No, it's <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sick of looking at this guy. It's like he's making statements every day now. And, and I'm just like, dude, shut up. Just shut up already they're for on the god's cusp. sake they're on the cusp of getting done what they want done yeah that's yeah. the thing is it's right here so you know what though it, 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 yeah that's they're they're on the cusp but they're also on the cusp they're, they're on a razor's edge because it i think at the moment it can kind of go either way once they saw what happened at the million man march over the weekend in the u.s oh boy they didn't like that yeah and they're, they're with a little the, scared Oh, yeah. And and the media. Oh, my God. The media. The American media is shameful. They are a disgrace. Their coverage of that. That was terrible. You, you people, you wonder why no one listens to you. You wonder why no one pays attention to you because you're garbage. Look at the look at the attitude that you give it. And more than that, you have to ask yourself, why were the people out there in the streets to begin with? Because they feel as though that their democratic process has been removed from them, and it has. It has. Quite frankly, it has. So you've got tech CEOs up there on Capitol Hill again today getting grilled, uh, if you want to call it that. Ted Cruz was given uh, Dorsey uh, the thing again on election fraud and all that stuff, which uh, I'll cut some clips of that. That's happening right now, but I'll cut some clips of that and we'll get to that in a day or so. You know, I want it to finish, but, you know, I want to make sure we give it a full rounded coverage, not just clips as they come in. We'll talk about that in a day or so. But right now, people are are sick and tired of being ignored. That's what it all comes down to. It wasn't that people voted for Donald Trump. That That's very important to understand here. Yes, people are carrying flags. Yes, people are out there in support of Donald Trump. But what you idiots don't understand is that it's not about Donald Trump. It's about democratic freedom. It's about freedom from scum like you that wants to try and control the world and more, moreover control us. That's what it comes down to. That is not a million man march for Trump. That is a million man march for America. That's what that is. It's the same thing when the Germans hit the streets here in Berlin. You notice the media has ignored that now, too. They're not paying any attention to any of those now. There were 40, 50,000 people in Leipzig a couple of weeks ago. No one paid any attention to it. We saw some private videos that people were posting, but that was it. But when the media does cover it, what do you hear? Oh, it's a bunch of conspiracy theorists, a bunch of people that think that... Uh, 
that that uh, this wasn't democracy, blah, blah, blah. Even Obama's now coming out. Everybody's coming out weighing in now on all this stuff. The GOP's Obama said this on 60 Minutes. The GOP's refusal to concede is delegitimizing democracy. You stole the election, you fool. That's delegitimizing democracy again. Again, it's like COVID. It's like climate change. It's, it's like all this stuff. It's the same agenda. Everything is flipped back on itself. All of it. It's that simple. That's the key. You want to understand how this is working? That's the key right there. You have to understand that everything is being turned back on itself. That's what you're being fed. Now, if you think that this is all hyperbolic, if you think that that this is uh, just uh, some crackpot conspiracy, because I, I was saying this to somebody the other day, I was talking to somebody about the, the whole Biden and Trump thing. And I said, look, at the end of the day, it does. To be fair, it doesn't really matter. We have a bigger problem to deal with. And Trump is just a, a means, right? That's just a means. That's just a, a, a focal point of people directing their anger in the only way that they know how is by voting. That That's all that is. That's all Donald Trump represents. They're not going after Donald Trump. The establishment, the, the media, the tech companies, the pharma companies, the corporations, all that. They're not going after Donald Trump. They're going after democracy. They're going after your right to vote. They're going after you. I, and I talked about it with Brexit, the Brexit vote, the Boris Johnson vote. Now, forget what he's done up to this point. The mere fact that you voted the way you did to, in his words, get it done. So to leave the union, once that happened, that was the last straw for the elite. They were done. They don't care what you have to say anymore. Now, if you th again, if you think that's hyperbolic, if you think that that's uh, just, um, you know, me sitting here rattling off some some crazy conspiracy stuff. And I, and I explained this to somebody the other day. I said, I said, just listen to what you're being told in the media. Everything is, as I said, it's turned back on itself. You're being lied to. And they they think that, well, if because they're hearing it from all those different sources simultaneously, then it must be true. You're the one that's standing out from that. You're the one that's not toting that line. So you must be the crazy one. You see what this makes people do? Now, if you don't believe this, if you, again, if you think this is all hyperbolic and I, I'm going to stop stalling here, let's listen to just how hyperbolic this actually is. Right. Let's take a listen to this. As his hopes of a second term fade further away, a defiant Donald Trump is claiming without evidence that he's been the victim of electoral fraud. Unleashing a barrage of false claims of fraud and corruption. Tensions do remain high as President Trump repeats false claims that he won the presidential election. He's again claimed without any real evidence. With zero evidence to back up his claim that there is mass voter fraud going on. The president of the United States essentially alleging that there is a conspiracy to steal and rig the election uh, so that he loses. Again, there's no evidence to back up that claim. The president falsely suggesting Republican observers are not present at vote counting centers. A statement that was baseless and was not backed up by evidence. The unfounded allegations of voter fraud. He falsely thinks normal Routine ballot counting is somehow rigged against him. The charge of electoral theft comes without evidence. And saying without evidence that Democrats are trying to take victory away from him. Some repeating his unsubstantiated claims of widespread voter fraud without providing evidence. Escalating his unsubstantiated claims it was stolen from him without presenting any evidence of widespread fraud. They're trying to steal an election. They're trying to rig an election. And we can't let that happen. We were, we're watching uh, President Trump speaking live from the White House, and, and we have to interrupt here because the president has uh, made a number of uh, false statements, including the notion that there has been fraudulent voting. There has been no evidence of that. Still, when the president's press secretary made a new round of baseless claims, 
even Fox News cut away. Unless she has more details to back that up, I can't in good countenance continue showing you this. I don't know that we have seen the proof of voter fraud in any of these states yet. No evidence I'm sorry, of voter excuse fraud, me, the, compare, voter fraud in the, country. the cooperative congressional research report cited by the Washington Post points out that somewhere between two and five percent of illegal I can't. voters I can't. vote. We've cited so much evidence Stop, 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 or I'm going to have to cut this interview short. That is not based in the facts at all. This is disinformation and misinformation on a level that has not been seen from the presidential podium in the East Room of the White House in my lifetime. What President Trump just said was undemocratic and false. What about the Project Veritas tapes I that show that DNC groups alleged voter fraud are busing people are, uh, illegally from polling okay, place to polling place? Right there now. were a billion I'm going to stop cash. this right now. Again, is that hyperbolic? Is that is that uh, is that a one-sided view that you might have from a consortium of different media outlets? That was in a uh, that was a wide array of uh, of media coverage from all across the United States to Europe and even down into Australia. And believe me, the ones that are here, the media outlets here where I'm at in the middle of mainland Europe are all saying the same exact thing. They're all saying the same thing. Baseless allegations, fake allegations, presenting no evidence. Again, to that effect, they know that there's a lot of allegations, so people are going to take that at face value. So you have 2,600 votes not counted in Floyd County. This is in Georgia, by the way. There's a big screw up down there in Georgia. And so much so, the fa in fact, the governor down there uh, has said that they're going to have an entire redo of the election down there of everyone that was on the ballot previously, except for Trump and Biden. They're not going to redo that one. No, they're, they're not going to redo that one. Well, why not? As my understanding, Stacey Abrams is even involved in that one. There was some kind of a so, deal there. Georgia already does a um, runoff vote. There's a runoff vote in January. Uh, we, we've had people like Andrew Yang and some uh, other notable Democrats saying, hey, uh, Georgia's runoff vote is in January. That gives you enough time to move down there, get your license changed and get registered to vote. That's that's illegal, by the way. <laughs> you can't do that. But anyway, uh, th there is a runoff for the uh, I want to say Senate, I believe, is what the runoff vote was for. I haven't if there's more. On the runoff vote, I haven't heard, I, I hadn't heard about that one uh, specifically, but that uh, Floyd County, Floyd County has, as of 2019, 9,800, or excuse me, 98,000 people. Um, th that's about 3% of the vote that they just mysteriously found. Huh. Interesting. There. Interesting. Not counted. And and you're trying to tell me all these ballots that have been coming in from states like Pennsylvania, states like uh, Michigan, states like Wisconsin, that just magically showed up and they were 100% for Biden. Now, mind you, now you say, okay, well, all right, that's yeah, that could be uh, that that could be the way that people voted. Well, statistically, taking into account that that's not possible. Okay, that's the first thing. Second thing, if you're voting for a particular presidential candidate, as in a Democrat or a Republican, then odds are you're going to vote for the corresponding, you're going to caucus with the, the corresponding senator or congressperson. That's not what happened here. The ballots that they had dumped were 100% for Biden only. The senators, the House members, the local mayors, the wards, the council, the council people were not checked. And you're going to say those are legit? Come on. Those are the ballot dumps that were, were at four o'clock in the morning. And it is true in Michigan, in Detroit, we saw the videos that night. We reviewed the videos. The, the people were being, the GOP monitors were being thrown out of the building. 
they were being thrown out. The uh, the DNC then started to put cardboard up and poster board up over the windows so you couldn't see in the middle of the night. And then this was when the ballot dump started to come in. They were just dumping out ballots there on the on the tables. People there that were uh, that were recording through the little uh, the little gaps in the uh, the cardboard and they got thrown out. And this is OK. This is not voter fraud. If that's the case, I got a bridge in Arizona. I'm ready to sell you. But as you were talking there about Floyd County, the uh, the Board of Elections there, the elections director was asked to step down after that was um, uncovered, the uh, the 2,600 votes that were not counted in Floyd County. Uh, they say it's not an equipment issue. This was a person not doing their job properly. Uh, the director of elections uh, operations for, st- uh, for, the stage, or, uh, for the state said during an online press conference. By the way, Georgia, uh-huh. um, just did the figures. Uh, Georgia's 14,000 votes. That, that's that's how close the election is there. Fourteen thousand mm-hmm. votes, and they're doing a so handy count. Yeah, and so having twenty six hundred just mysteriously appear in Floyd County, which, by the way, that's kind of like a um, almost like uh, it's within range to be a suburb of Atlanta, right? It's north, just northwest of Atlanta. Just having you know one mysteriously finding twenty six hundred ballots in one county leads you to you know question. Now, this is a red county, mind you, right? So this is this is already a Trump county. How many other counties that had red counties, which you would presume the electorate there would have been red or, you know, if the people are Trump people, then you would suspect they would vote locally very similarly. So how many how many votes just mysteriously disappeared in blue counties that were for red or how many other ones, red ones, uh, you know, votes for Trump disappeared in other Trump counties, red counties. Uh, so I don't know. It um, We'll find out. They're doing a recount. But uh, and no, we're also, there, there's no there's no voter fraud. No, there's no there's baseless no. allegations is all that is. Yes. Uh, clearly. Yes. I mean, the, the media said so. Now, there's not a single state that has certified anything over there yet. Nothing. The only pre- the only people that have called this election right now is the media. That's it. No one else has called it. And the corrupt people that are in that that disgusting swamp, right? These swamp creatures, they're the only ones that have called this election. They're a disgrace. So we can't verify this. And I and I hesitate bringing this up, but I've heard it all across the spectrum this morning. And that is the U.S. military. I want to talk about Dominion here. So Dominion voting. OK, so we're, we're essentially in this case, what we were just discussing there, what's going on in Floyd County, for example, in Georgia, that's a paper ballot error. OK, Dominion voting is something different. This is the electronic voting thing. This is the one where you walk in. There's a touch screen there, whatever it is, which, by the way, I heard this morning, a lot of those Dominion voting machines are still using Windows 7, if you can imagine. That's now, I'm sure that there's no problem. security risk there. You know, you can't even get support for Windows 7 anymore. You know, it's not even possible because it's too much of a security risk these days. Hell, I don't even think they're supporting Windows uh, 8, are they? Uh, let's see. Not uh, Windows 7 is supported up to 20. Is it still supported? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, they, no, they, right. they, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Excuse me. You can purchase extended security updates through January 2020. And I think that's what they were doing. I think I'm that's what I heard. They had, sure. they had to get permission to, uh, to continue on with those. So, okay. I'm pretty sure so, it's support, uh, officially support ended this year, beginning of this year. Uh, gotcha. For Windows gotcha. 7. Okay. Well, a lot of these Dominion voting machines were still using that. Now, where does Dominion voting actually go? When you vote on one of these machines, where does that actually go? Well, you had brought that up as in uh, it's a it's a company that's outsourced through Canada. But yet somehow or another, the votes get moved over to the end point of that is Barcelona, Spain. 
Now you think, how on earth did we allow that to happen? The uh, the voting systems, the electronic voting systems are now being counted and tallied up by a Spanish company. Well, we've been saying that for years. We've been saying that since, I don't know, not, not this past election, not 2016, but uh, the one before that, Obama's second term. We're like, wait a minute, these these machines are are being sent out to uh, to be counted by a company in Spain that's got ties to George Soros. So, I mean, there might be a little bit of a problem there. We might want to look into that. Both parties, when, when this was started, both parties, both Republicans and Democrats were complaining about this, saying this is a problem. This was, what, four or five years ago. They were Even the midterms. Look at the midterms, 2018, 2018 midterms. The New York Times even did a piece on it then and said, you can't trust these Dominion voting machines. Even the New York Times had to say that in 2018. Now, there was a seizure that happened here in Germany, in Frankfurt, just a couple of days ago. The U.S. military went in and seized. That's unconfirmed. Yeah. The, yes. But again, this is what I'm hearing across the across the board today is this has now come out that the U.S. military has now gone in to grab some servers in Frankfurt, Germany that are related to Dominion. Now, my question, and I'm just asking because, like I said, it's or, and like Bruce said, it's unconfirmed. My question is, what's on these servers? What do the American people need to know that are on these servers? That's a legit question. As a ta- as a voting, taxpaying American citizen, I want to know what's on those servers. I want to know. And the American people deserve to know what's on those servers. Now, as far as uh, voting machines go, I think in general, I don't give a damn if it's if it's a paper ballot that even gets counted by a machine. That's got to go. It's got to go. We get down the line with this. We come out on the other end of this. We need to take a serious look at how our election process is run. Now, that's not to say... Uh, go out there and do something ridiculous, like get rid of the Electoral College, and then let's go to uh, a democracy, you know, a, a majority rule. You can't do that in America. That doesn't work in America the way it works in other countries, because we are very sparsely populated, and we have pockets of densely populated areas. Again, the county of Los Angeles could outvote 47 U.S. states. How is that a representative form of democracy? It's not. It's not. You're going to have the country run by lunatics and psychopaths from from L.A. and New York. No offense, GP. I know he's not here, but you'll hear it. And no offense to our California listeners. I know we have California listeners. and We love you all very much. Thank you. Thank you all very much, which we're going to talk about California here in just a few minutes. But nonetheless, you need a representative form of government that's actually going to be representative. And a majority rule in the United States doesn't work. It doesn't work. So you can make those claims all day long. And that's why they always try to argue, well, we need you know democracy and, and this electoral system's got to go because they can't compete with it. It gives everybody in the country a say. It gives every state a say in the election. And that's not what they want. They've spent decades trying to take over Los Angeles or, well, California. They've spent decades trying to take over New York and the northeastern states. Those are their constituents. You know something I'm still stuck on? You know, some other countries do compulsory voting. You're you're required to vote. Now, we had a greater turnout this election than countries with compulsory voting. How is that possible? And second of all, we had... 10 million more people vote this time than voted for Obama. 10 million more. Well, now see clear, clearly, Bruce, you're, you're missing the point here. They all voted for Biden. He, he had a, you see, he's, he had more votes than Obama did. Cle- uh, clearly. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the case here. Now, now think about this from a logical standpoint. Okay. Forget, forget all this crap that you're hearing in the media. Okay. We just played what those idiots are saying. Think about this logically. A guy that is sitting in his basement 
for a majority of the election season, a majority of the campaign time, he's sitting in his basement, can't even talk half the time. When he comes out of his basement, he can't get more than 15 people in circles at an empty parking lot somewhere. That's the best he can do. And all of a sudden, this guy gets all these votes. He, he wins in, in this massive landslide that's, that's bigger than Obama's. What logical sense does that make? None. None. These people, we covered the DNC. Do you remember we covered the, DN- the DNC? They couldn't get enough people at the DNC to fill out a damn Zoom call. Yeah. They had to duplicate people. If you stopped it at just the right time, they had to duplicate people on the screen at the Zoom call for the DNC. Jill Biden, the, uh, the elect first lady, I guess you could call her, right? First lady elect or whatever. She had a barbecue at one of their residences. They couldn't even fill all the seats they had in the backyard. And this guy all of a sudden is is the most populous president that's ever existed. Does anybody smell CCP propaganda all over this thing? Because I do. Uh, To be fair, I I probably would have attended just for the free food. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure it would have been fantastic barbecue. (laughs) I'm I'm sure it would have been. But anyway, uh, moving right along with election stuff. But yeah, anyway, that's that's that garbage. Um, Democrat Ben McAdams concedes to Burgess Owens in Utah House race. Burgess Owens made it. He's going. He's going to the House. And I'm happy for the guy. I'm happy for the guy. I heard him speak at the DN... Or excuse me. Sorry. I heard him speak at the RNC. And that man's story, he, he told a personal story of his. Here's a guy who was a Super Bowl MVP, right? American football, for those that are listening around the world. He was a Super Bowl MVP, had all kinds of endorsements, all kinds of money, was very successful. And somehow or another, in this guy's story when he was telling it, somehow or another, he lost everything. He, he lost everything. I don't know how he did it, but he, he lost everything. And he goes from being this, this um, you know, one of the most valuable players in, in America's game. And he ends up living in a one bedroom apartment with his wife and six kids in New York. And he ends up being a chimney sweep. Guy lost everything. He lost everything. Here, here's the thing. He built himself back up and then he lost everything again. And then guess what? He built himself back up again. And now he's made it to the House of Representatives. You tell me as an American, as a, as a European, as a, a Canadian, as an Australian, wherever you're listening to us from, you tell me how easily it would be to build yourself back up in another country if you've done that. That's the story of America right there. You have everything, then you go to nothing, but you have a chance to build yourself back. You, you can't do that anywhere else. I mean, you can, I suppose, but it's extremely difficult. In a lot of these other countries, and I've been to my fair share of them, in a lot of these other countries, when you're down, you're down. That's it. You get one shot to make something of yourself. And if you if you make it, you make it. And if you don't, you don't. America, you can be anything you want to be. You can do anything you want to do, but you've got to go out there and you've got to earn it. This man earned it and he lost it and he earned it and he lost it and he earned it again because he had an opportunity to do all of that. That's all people want is an opportunity. And that's precisely what's being taken away in everything that we see with all of this, this this great reset and all this stuff. Every person who can hear the sound of my voice, you're having your opportunity, your birthright stolen from you. People paid this price in blood to stop scum like this from being able to revoke your opportunity at life, whatever that might be, whatever that might be. It's your life. It's your decision. It's your will to do with as you please. It's not the government's job to do that. We fought for those rights. People died for those rights. And they're rolling back on all this. Are you going to give it up so easily? You know, we sit here every day and we make calls to to the listener, to you, the listener out there, to, to get in contact with us. And you know, I have to be honest with you. I'm I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked that we're not getting the feedback. I'm shocked. And I, I don't know why. 
I don't know why. Is, is it because you like what you're hearing? I mean, if you don't like what you're hearing, I would expect you to either turn us off completely or to at least reach out and say something. But my point is, is that if you feel as though you need to speak, then you need to speak. You need to speak now. You have this opportunity. We created this platform, not just for us. We created it for all people that want to speak, no matter where you come from. We don't care. We want to hear what you have to say. We want to hear your concerns. If you're not willing to stand up and speak now, then later you're not going to be able to. A lot of people are saying that nowadays. And those of us that know history understand how this goes. And you're not going to have that opportunity. Well, it's 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 pretty straightforward, right? If you have it so well in this country, right? We have it really well compared to other countries in the world, right? This is freedom of speech is enshrined in our first uh, uh, amendment, right? It's right there. If you're unable to freely speak out now, when it's pretty cush, pretty easy, when things start getting rough and you start having persecutions, and this is this is kind of a this is kind of a pet peeve for me, and it, it's a bit of a um, a little bit of a religious thing. But I'm really disappointed in churches. I'm really disappointed in Christians right now because where were you on the transgender issues? How when Biden said, "Yeah, your eight year old should be able to be um, uh, hormone therapy for an eight year old." He said that at a freaking town hall. Where were the, the, the churchgoers when he said that at that town hall? It, it just, it's frustrating because the, the stances that supposedly the church has, they don't, they don't stand up and speak. They just are like, yeah, we, we choose not to get into politics and whatnot. We live in a country to where, as Franklin said, I've given you a republic if you can keep it, or we've given you a public republic if you can keep it. Nobody, I mean, they're not standing up. The, the, the church on largely on a large scale isn't standing up. Supposedly, Biden won the Catholic vote. Oh, come Supposedly. On. <laughs> Seriously. What, what are you thinking? The dude is not only for abortion, but he's for injecting eight-year-olds with hormone blockers. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm completely baffled and completely disappointed in- Here's the thing, the, though. The did, he actually, did he actually win the churches? Or is it just, I mean, we're hearing that out of the media, but you also hear what else we're hearing out of the media. We played it. So did he actually win the churches? We also heard that he won, uh, you know, the the uh, whatever vote he won, the, the college vote, which I, that one, I believe he actually or he won the uh, the suburban mom. vote. I, I don't believe any of that. I don't believe any of that. The college one, I believe. But as far as him reli- or winning the mom, religious vote, I could really I could believe the suburban mom one because the suburban moms aren't the same as they used to be. That demographic okay. has shifted a little bit. Yeah, all right, they're they're. You know, they may have a degree in uh, underwater basket weaving or, you know, <laughs> something like that. So uh, seriously, that that demographic, knowing it's my generation. Yeah, I, I could easily believe that. Um, but the other thing is, is if you're a suburban mom and you're not staying up with politics, let's say you're busy raising the kids or you work from home or what, whatever it is, right? You're not paying attention to politics as much. You may watch uh, the mainstream media and whatnot. Fox, so Fox and Friends. Yeah, the, the, the morning show. Fox, yeah. yeah, that's still that's just as bad. But your perspective of this current administration is garbage. You think the president is rude. You think he's, um, uh, you know, racist, xenophobic, whatever. So, yeah, I could see, well, his tweets are mean, so I'm not going to vote for him. Biden is a much nicer person. I, I don't really know what the difference is between the two policies, but he's just a nicer person. I hope that's what it is. 
I, I really do hope it's just because Trump's mean and it's not because, hey, let's go socialist. But hard to say. Hard to say. I mean, we saw some of the TikTok videos. We know what the uh, the wound up loonies out there are like. So they're uh, uh, and just to, just to quote David Horowitz here, he says inside every progressive is a totalitarian screaming to get out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, let's get over into some covid stuff, shall we? Right. Because Thanksgiving is is upon us. And that is uh, that is a time where we're supposed to give thanks. What are you going to give thanks for this year? That's more rhetorical than anything else. Are you going to be thankful for uh, for what you got coming if we allow this uh, this farce to take office under illegitimate means? You're going to give thanks for that. You're going to give thanks for what comes down from uh, from some of these governors. We're going to talk about Governor Whitmer here in just a minute and a few other state governors. I got I got some of the uh, I got some of the all stars lined up. We're going to talk about today. But Americans are blowing off the Thanksgiving shutdown. How dare you? How how dare you? How dare you blow off the Thanksgiving shutdown? Democrats are going the the Democratic governors, right? They're going to start shutting the states down again. So uh, Americans are saying, no, no, I I don't think so. So 40 percent. This is a this is a uh, this is a poll that they took. Uh, about 40 percent of U.S. residents residents say they plan to gather in groups of 10 or more people this holiday season, according to a recent survey from The Ohio State University. Nearly 33 percent of respondents said that they would not require friends or families, family members to wear masks at Thanksgiving gatherings. Oh, they just want people to die. And 25 percent said that they would not practice social distancing. You see this, Bruce? It's going to be the Thanksgiving Day massacre. That's what that's going to be. That's what that's going to be. Now, here's the thing, though. That's the number of people that will actually admit it, right? I mean, how many times do you get a call from a pollster? You tell them to go pound sand, right? So that, that's the people that are willing to admit it. So the thing is, though, it, I mean, you, compliance is starting to to fall apart towards, you know, the uh, the summertime. So, I mean, that's that's starting to, to get dialed back. I don't think it's going to get any stronger. Uh, people are, eh, you know, they're, they're rule breakers. What do, what do you want me to say? The Democrat governors specifically, the ones that are enforcing this uh, this draconian, you know, the ones that are acting like little tin pot despots, they're the ones that are hiding behind this public health thing. They can't play that game forever. They can't play that game forever. Everything about this is falling apart and they're running out of time. They're out of time. They're caught. They're cornered rats and they don't know what else to do. So you think, all right, well, that's just one state, right? They they just talked about uh, Ohio. Well, no, let's look over at Montana. Dave Sheeran, the owner of uh, Remington Bar, said about half of his customers support the mask mandate and the rest oppose it. Doug White, the owner of Your Turn Mercantile and Your Lucky Turn Casino, testified that one of his younger employees asked a customer to wear a mask, but the customer put his hand on his gun and told the cashier, why don't you make me put my mask on? Bruce, didn't you say you had a similar uh, incident down there with uh, with your mayor? Uh, city council, but yeah. City yeah, council. It's, it's similar, right. similar instance. Yeah. They, they did a mask mandate and within three hours, someone pulled a gun on them. So that was the end of the mask mandate. <laughs> you know, I saved that. I saved that last one for you. I saved that last one for you because I knew it would put a smile on your face. I knew it would put a smile on your face. I, I, yeah, I, I can't because of TOS. I don't think I can say anything on the podcast <laughs> for that. But yeah, let's let's not go there. That was, but uh, you know, I, it, it's you have to. You can't. Let me put it this way: you can't ignore how effective masks are, though. You can't ignore how effective they are because. The World Health Organization has been so key in all of this and, and giving out their advice and how effective these things are at at bringing down infection rates and, and things of that nature. Which you notice, by the way, just on a side note, have you have you listened very carefully to what they're saying about the vaccines? Very carefully. Have you listened to what they were saying? They're saying that by taking. Oh, wait. Yeah, right. They're saying by taking a covid vaccine, it will reduce your risk of. I have to go back and reread it just because I don't want to botch it. But essentially, they're, they're saying that if you take it, then 
it's going to reduce your oh. risk of contracting it. But what they're not telling you is that over 80% of the people that contract COVID-19 are asymptomatic. Have you noticed that? Well, well, the other thing that they're not telling you, uh, Fauci is actually, this, Fauci is the one that's saying this, by the way. He was asked on the news media, one of, I don't remember which one, should you wear a mask still after you've had a vaccine? His response was yes, because we don't know how effective that vaccine is for you. For you. For you. So when you take the vaccine, right, we don't know how effective it is on you. So we have to be sure to you wear a mask around oh. others just in case it's not effective for you. Right. You don't spread right. to others. But I, right. I thought so, it was a 94.5% effective rate. So, I mean. Do you, do you know do you know what the non-vaccination rate is, the, the rate of antibody creation when you're exposed to COVID-19? Do you know what the antibody rate is for that? It's about 50%. Um, it's about 99.9999993. No, no, wait a minute. There has no, no, been. No. But that's your, but, but to develop an immunity to any kind of a, a, a coronavirus is about 50%, no, no, COVID, right? No, I'm saying COVID-19. Oh, COVID-19. Excuse me. So, so if you did not die from it, okay, so we're, we're, we're excluding the ones that, were, that died from that, right? There have been four people, four people in the world, in the world, four that have contracted COVID-19 twice, four. And the reason one of them, for example, the first one caught COVID-19 twice was because his immune system was weak and his body didn't create antibodies. And the second time he was exposed, his body created antibodies very quickly. And you know what happened both times? He was asymptomatic. And then, of course, there was the Russian epidemiologist that had deliberately infected himself uh, just for scientific purposes. But that, that's, which yeah. is kind of a that, that's kind of an outlier because he's directly injecting the virus into himself. It's not going through his immune system beforehand. True. true. So, you know, th to be fair, that, yeah. that's kind of a direct infection. Yeah. But he's saying that you don't create antibodies. No, it's almost 100 percent of the time you create antibodies. It's literally when you look at the millions of people that have been infected around the world and you take that four into account, it's literally like 99.9999997 or, or I guess six percent. As we're sitting here talking about uh, the vaccine and, and the effectiveness of masks and everything, this one kind of caught me out of left field because what have we been hearing the entire time from the sainted uh, World Health Organization in all of this? They flip flop, they've gone back and forth and they've lied and and promoted their own agendas and, and all this stuff. What's happened to the World Health Organization? Interestingly enough, more than 60 World Health Organization staffers are infected with coronavirus and half of them are at the Geneva headquarters. Huh. I guess they didn't take their own advice, did they? But the question is, is are they using PCR tests? That would be my question. 65 World Health Organization staff members have tested positive for coronavirus, according to an internal email. The email obtained shows that about half or 32 staffers were working from the WHO's headquarters in Geneva, Switzerland, suggesting that the agency's strict screening and prevention measures were not sufficient to protect its workers from the virus. Really? The email, which was sent to staff on Friday, indicated there had been at least one cluster of infections at the World Health Organization, four people who were on the same team, and one person who had contact with them had tested positive. The email did not specifically mention a, quote, cluster when two or more people are in the same area or are infected, but it suggests that the cluster indicates the basic infection could control, excuse me, basic infection control social distancing procedures were likely broken. Again, how did they test it? That's the question. H how did they test? Are they using PCR tests? That's easy enough. 
as in the, you know the the creator the test creator itself said you can find anything in anybody with that thing it doesn't narrow down a specific virus anything on the who not specifically uh, okay. but just why are we listening to them anymore is my uh, question yeah it's a, yeah we shouldn't have listened to them from the start uh, which no. by the way with a biden presidency i'm sure we'll be back in that organization as just as quick as you can shake a stick anyway gretchen whitmer the uh, Michigan governor, you know who that is? You know, the uh, yeah, wonderful, wonderful woman. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Nice, nice woman. Mm-hmm. Um, it is being discussed in Lansing right now that impeachment of Governor Gretchen Whitmer is on the table. Didn't she have a little spat with the state Supreme Court up there? Didn't they rule against her? Yeah, the legislators, the legislature said um, your lockdowns, your um, mandates are um, now invalid. It's only good for like 30 days or something like that. And um, she was given a cease and desist order, which would take effect, I believe, 21 days after this was, you know, addressed or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, she said immediately after that, oh, we'll continue doing these. We'll we'll explore other methods to uh, continue these. regulations. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer last night held a uh, a press conference where she once again magically summoned executive powers that she was told earlier this year she could not save us from COVID-19. Well, this time she's using the uh, the Michigan Department of Public Health and Human Services to do it. Here are some of the highlights from the uh, the press conference last night. She says apparently she's now said that they're going to lose 1000 people per week, but she didn't show any type of a projection from any scientific research or, or paper or anything. And she didn't show any kind of a chart on how they were able to come up with those numbers. She just asserted that uh, they're going to lose uh, a thousand people per week if they didn't do something. Again, she didn't bother to show any data to back any of that up. She says that high schools and colleges must close in-classroom training for three weeks. Middle school and grade school kids are fine and can continue uh, staying in the classroom, though. Don't understand that one. Gyms and pools can stay open, but classes in those facilities like Zumba, how to float on a raft, (laughs) are not allowed. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm assuming they're talking about like, uh, you know, the senior classes where they do like the pulled noodle aerobic stuff. You know what I'm talking about? So that's that's the only thing I can think of on that one. Restaurants must once again close uh, to indoor dining, but carry out is allowed, but not uh, encouraged. Outside patio dining is allowed. Uh, but let me ask you this question for anyone that's not familiar. OK, I come from Ohio, Michigan borders. Ohio is just to the north there. And I mean, I can tell you for an absolute fact, no one's going to be dining outside on a patio in November. Right. We're not going to be doing that in Ohio. We're further south. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It borders Canada. It's a cro- We won't be doing that here in Oklahoma. It gets too cold here even to, to ridiculous. dine out this time of year. No, it, it gets it gets way too cool. Uh, I mean. This time of year, usually we're we're around maybe 60s during the day and it gets as low as, you know, 20s and 30s at night. We're not dining out. I mean, 60s is nice out. weather, but it's going to sit outside. No, during that. no. Funerals, it gets cold though. pretty quick. Yeah. Funerals, though, can still have up to 25 people. But the suggestion is to not have anyone over for Thanksgiving uh, dinner because, I mean, Bruce, let's be honest, COVID might be hiding in the stuffing. So you need to be you need to be careful uh, of that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You don't you don't want to get that slice of pumpkin pie. It might have COVID-19 on it, which do you guys eat pumpkin pie way. down there? Or is it sweet potato pie? Oh, yeah. Pumpkin pie, sweet potato pie, pecan pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cherry, apple, whatever. Yeah, yeah, sure. Pie, well, I, yeah. You know what? I talked to a buddy of mine once uh, who was down in uh, in New Orleans, and I said, I said, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, I got to make a pumpkin pie today. And he says, a what? I said, a pumpkin pie. And he goes, a, a pumpkin pie, you said? I said, yeah. He said, I've never heard of that. 
He's never he'd never heard of a pumpkin pie ever. I I, uh, I that it's a thing here. I, I I don't I don't I don't get how it's not a thing for. I don't know. Uh, it, well, you'd never heard of it. I, okay, fine. If you hadn't had it, okay, gr- I understand. But you'd never heard of it. Never heard, never of, heard it. of a pumpkin. Uh, pie? Oh, come uh, on, come on, man. That's a, no, yeah. That that that's one of the things. A little bit of whipped cream on top. Perfect. Oh yeah. Or maybe yeah. even a scoop of vanilla ice cream. Vanilla it. ice cream. I mean, that's yep. good too. Yeah. yeah, you got it, man. You got it. That's it. Okay, so uh, Michigan Republican member of the state House of Representatives is calling for the legislative body to hold impeachment hearings for Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Matt Maddock, who represents several cities in western Oakland County, said that he and several other legislators are calling for an impeachment hearing for Governor Whitmer. It comes after Whitmer and Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Director Robert Gordon announced new COVID-19 restrictions on Sunday night. Under the Michigan Constitution, which we've talked here at nauseum about state constitutions, and 10th Amendment states rights here, the state House of Representatives does have the power to impeach civil officers for corrupt conduct in office or for crimes or misdemeanors. I think she qualifies. I think she qualifies. So anyway, uh, they're looking into that. Now, Governor Gavin Newsom, state of California, he, he made a little mistake, just it's just a small one, just a small one. Now, Bruce, you know how he was talking the other day about how he was going to consider a curfew for the for the state of California because, the, I mean, the pandemic's just out of control. It's raging out of control. They don't know what to do. They've got to do something. Clearly, I mean, you see right. you see what Michigan's doing. You see what she's doing up there for the for the safety and the welfare of the people up there in Michigan. And mm-hmm. Gavin Newsom's mm-hmm. weighing over doing the same thing. Well, he made a little mistake, though. He he just made it, just a small mistake. He He apologized for what he called a bad mistake in attending a birthday party that broke the rules he's been preaching to slow the spread of the virus. So, I mean, but he apologized for it. Um, I guess he's above the law, which well, these aren't laws. No, they're not you. laws. These are recommendations. He, uh, like power. yeah, he, he suffered a political backlash uh, since it surfaced on Friday that he and his wife attended a party on November 6th. So, I mean, it wasn't even, yeah, it, it just came oh, out no. about this it, with a dozen wow. friends at the party. Uh, it, uh, at, at a at a pricey uh, French laundry restaurant in wine country north of San Francisco. See, his his wineries are allowed to stay open. Governor Gavin is his, his wineries are allowed to stay open. They don't close. But you got to close your business in California. Huh? He said that he soon would it, realized. Would it would it be wrong to send a, um, a crew to ensure that his winery closes down to follow the the, the regulations. Would well, that be- you know what? You know what? Honestly, I I think I think you just you have to take that on a case by case basis. I think because you don't want to be discriminatory or anything. So I mean, you kind of you kind of have to look right. at it. Right. Yeah. So right. He uh, he said that he soon realized as he sat down at the outdoor table. Well, I thought outdoor dining was okay. Uh, that the group was larger than he had expected to celebrate the fiftieth birthday of a political advisor that Newsom said he'd known for 20 years. Uh, he says, I made a bad mistake. I should have stood up and drove back to my house. The yeah, spirit of what I'm preaching. Went home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How dare you? Wait, see, he's admitting that. He's admitting that. See, he, he's repenting for his, his COVID sin. That's what he's doing. No, it, it didn't cross his mind. Of course it didn't. It didn't cross his of course mind. it didn't. He probably said, okay, where's the wine card? Right? That's, that's yeah. what he did. Yeah. He got caught. That's what it came down to. He got caught, so we had to make a statement about it. Disgusting. Keeping with governors here, again, Bruce, your favorite governor, and I, we can't we can't say enough about him. We speak volumes about him here. Governor Andrew Cuomo says that uh, strong leaders admit your mistakes. Mm. And so he's he's now he's given a he's given a speech uh, to a uh, to a church congregation in uh, Morningside Heights in Manhattan on Sunday, and he said that uh, again, a strong leader shouldn't be defensive when he makes mistakes. 
Uh, the key is to be strong and secure enough to admit your mistakes and admit your shortcomings. Don't get defensive. Denying the mistake only assures repeating the mistake. I mean, it's nice that that he's taking a leadership role and he's standing up there and and, and saying that leaders should take accountability for for the things that that they do. I mean, don't you think he he lives by that? He practices what he preaches, right? You know, it it, it has a very totalitarian dictator feel to it. How the dictator comes up and says strong leaders, they admit their faults. And then he goes up there and says, we made mistakes. It, it seems self-serving. Mm, so no. And, and by I the way, we're, as far as I know, he's still under investigation from the New York legislature for- uh, those, Oh, no, no. Uh, he was cleared of that. He was he cleared of that? Was he cleared of that? Was, was he yeah, cleared it's of all that? good. Okay. It's, yeah, there was no- Oh, I, no I, wrongdoing. I okay. So all, all those people that, that he sent to the nursing homes. That, yeah. Okay. So that, okay. All of that was, was perfectly fine. actually not even recorded, by the way. They don't have an actual like literally they didn't take account of that. You're kidding. It's man. not that they're not. It's not that they're hiding the numbers, so to speak. It's that they didn't even tally the numbers to begin with. So how many people from retirement, uh, you know, the retirement homes and whatnot, how many of those people actually died in the hospital? We don't know because literally they did not track that. If you were if you died in a hospital, you died in a hospital. It didn't matter if you came from a retirement home or not. Uh, that so he he goes around saying, "No, we did everything right." I mean, we have one of the lowest retirement home deaths in the nation. He 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 pulled he touts that at the same time they didn't count retirement home deaths. So of course you have the lowest rate because you lied to the the people. So no. Of course, all the uh, the uh, the media pundits are weighing in on it, on you know calling him a hypocrite and. Uh, calling him a real piece of work and things like that, because uh, these are people that, that lost parents uh, in, in nursing homes that are saying this. So oh, is I mean, this they, the, um, the, the, there's a lady there that I'm a, a familiar with. I forget what her name is, but she's like the weather pundit or something like that. She's like the anchor Dean. for the weather. Janice yes. Dean. She's uh, her, I'm wanting to say in-laws were both killed. That is correct. Uh, it says here that uh, her husband's parents were both residents of New York assisted living facilities or nursing homes before they contracted COVID-19 and died. Yep. And they didn't even know about it. I heard her story. They weren't even told that they were infected until later. Uh, it was, yeah, it was yeah. really sad. Actually, I think we covered sad. some of her testimony here that she gave to the uh, the New York legislature. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was her that, that was up there giving those statements. Possible. I Honestly, I, I've seen multiple interviews of her on other shows and programs. So it, 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 mm -hmm. everything, as much as we go over and everything, everything kind of runs together. You know? Everything's running together these days. It's just, it, it's so confusing. You know, somebody, like people always tell me, hey, listen to you the other day. I'm like, thanks. I appreciate uh, it. <laughs> what did we talk about? People, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Exactly. People do that to me too. It's like, hey, I listened to your podcast here like three days ago. And I'm like, great. What, what do we talk about? <laughs> like... Well, we go over so many topics and people always ask me, they're like, crap. yeah, people always ask me, they're like, hey, what are, what are you doing this evening? I'm like, I'm podcasting. They said, oh, uh, what are you talking about? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I never know. We just sit down and we go. We're, we're not scripted. We just sit down and we go. We, we decide that we're going to pick out a couple of things and we might discuss and we might not. And yeah. it it just it runs together like that. And that's that's the way that yeah. it is. The other problem we have, too, is like beforehand when we're prepping and afterward, we we have conversation as well. So we it do. kind of skews what was in the podcast and what was in, not in the podcast. So, yeah, you know, you, the listener out there, you you get like a, a snapshot. You don't actually get the full picture. here, <laughs> And it's right. I almost think it's kind of a shame 
but there's a couple of things. By the time you hear the end product, it's not just our podcast. It's any podcast. By the time you hear the end product, you don't hear all like a, the, the behind the scenes stuff, the prep stuff, the post stuff. You, you guys don't hear any of that. That's where a lot of the interesting conversations happen, I think. And we've kind of tried to, to bridge that gap. I mean, that's what the break room was all about, what we started with last week. And we've got another one coming up next week. I've sat down with uh, with a couple of uh, people we're going to bring on. Uh, one of the guys is uh, Brian, our sound guy. He's going to come on because he produces uh, a lot of uh, a lot of music on his own. He's a uh, he's a music composer and he is also one of the guys that's responsible for some of our intros around here and he does a great job with that. He's also the guy that makes us sound as wonderful as we do. So uh, we're going to have him on. Also, we're going to have uh, another friend of ours from the UK is going to come on. Uh, and he's also a DJ in multiple countries. Uh, spends, well, at least not these days. We're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about music and what's happened to the music culture. So we're going to do that on the next episode of The Break Room. Again, that's going to be coming up next week, though. So just something to look forward to that's not political. Yeah, I'm curious if he does that kind of stuff like on live streaming and whatnot nowadays, since that's the I, big He's thing. looking... I talked to him on it yesterday because I was I was running this by him. I said, hey, you know, why don't you come on? We'll, we're doing this uh, this new segment now called The Break Room. It's not about politics. I said, why don't you come on and let's talk about Because we went on for like 45 minutes about all this stuff about the Digital Millennium Copyright Act and everything. And I said, why don't you just come on and, and we'll just we'll make a podcast out of it. And he said, yeah, yeah. that'd be great. And, and that's what we're going to do. Oh, so, sure. I mean, Twitch is doing something now with a new uh, music creator thing. And we were trying to figure all that stuff out today. And I Portal think he's wanting. What's that? portal or whatever it's yeah, called. something something like that but it's specifically for music composers and we're going to we're going to look into some of that avenue but anyway i'm getting sidetracked here and i'm sure that you as a listener you don't want to hear all this you want to hear more politics stuff i guess i, I don't know i guess that's just how it goes all right let's talk uh hunter biden let's let's talk that for the last few minutes here. gop senators plan to continue the probe into hunter biden's dealings now to be honest with you if this goes the way that uh, none of us want it to go, I don't know how long that's going to last, to be fair. Look at this cabal that they're bringing into this, quote, transition team. Have you seen these people? My God. And you think there's going to be some kind of an investigation? Are you insane? Oh, there's going to be investigations. Don't get me wrong. There's going to be investigations, but it's not going to be into this. No, they're going to investigate Trump. Honestly, they're, they're going to investigate him. There's nothing on this guy. There's nothing on this guy. Nothing. No. I mean, New York is already saying they're going to go after Trump. Yeah, New York's going to go after him. Yeah, New York's going to yeah. go after him. But there's nothing they can go after him in uh, in the like the the federal level. There's nothing they can, there's nothing they can do against this, against this guy. His tax returns are clean. Hell, the FBI went through his tax returns before all that stuff was, that happened with the New York Times. There's but nothing do on they him. Need, do they need anything on him? That's the thing. Can they can they fabricate something? Well, here's the thing, though. Again, it's not Trump that they want. Going back to what we started with the conversation with tonight, it's not Trump that they want. It's you, the American voter that voted for Trump. You voted for Trump because it's a manifestation, a physical manifestation, a representation of how pissed off you are when they're going after Trump. They're not going after Trump. They're going after you if you voted for him. It's you they don't like. It's not Trump they don't like. It's you. It's America. That's what they don't like. It's more than that. It's it's more than Trump. It's more than just a man. They've they've picked him as a focal point. And hell, Trump's even said it before. Look, they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. Oh, but that's crazy. They would never do such a thing. Yeah, they're doing it. At least two high ranking Republican senators plan to continue investigating Hunter Biden's business dealings, even should his father, former Vice President Joe Biden, take office in January. Uh, Senator Ron Johnson and Senator Chuck Grassley. And I've heard both of these guys give um, 
uh, what's it called, give interviews before on this. They authored a report earlier this year detailing the potential conflicts of interest between Hunter Biden's foreign ties and his father's political influence and will keep pursuing the matter after a new Congress takes office next year. Johnson, who currently sits, uh, who currently chairs the Senate's Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee, has begun telling news outlets he will not turn a blind eye to recent revelations about the Biden family just because the 2020 election had passed. Uh, Tony Bobolinsky doesn't sound like a yeah. <laughs> you know, you know who he is, yeah. I, I want to say, I, I, I want to say yes. I've I've heard the name Bobolinsky. I've been hearing it recently, but I don't know who he is. He's the Navy guy that worked with. He was a CEO uh, for one of the organizations that Hunter Biden was associated with, and they were That's trying right. to do some dirty dealings, and he was in the way, and he wouldn't do it, and they circumvented him and did it anyway. That's right. So, yeah, and he came forward and said. I've got text messages on these cell phones and emails and all this documentation. Yeah, uh, I'm handing it over to the to the legal authorities. To and didn't over. didn't he go down, or wasn't there another person that went down in that by the Hunter Biden business dealings? And they're in jail, and Hunter's not, and they're pissed about it. Yeah, uh, that's where the twenty six thousand emails came from. He that was, was like the email look, dump. Okay, that was the email dump. He was like, "Look, I've got emails. I'm going to give you." access to my Gmail account. And he gave uh, this reporter um, uh, the the access to the email account. And it's not like he just gave him the emails. He gave the email account, the login information to the email account. So it's like they're accessing it straight on Google servers. They took wow. all the emails off, had a third party uh, cross-examine that to ensure that those uh, emails were in fact legitimate, that they weren't you know falsified somehow or fake. And they cross-examined it and said, yeah, it, it matches all the stuff on the Google servers. This is real. Um, it matches uh, the emails that the um, Bobolinsky got. It matches the emails of um, what's on Hunter Biden's laptop. It all matches up. And media isn't talking about it. You get yourself blocked on Twitter if you post it. Facebook blocks it. But yet they're saying there's no evidence of this. 26,000 emails, a laptop three cell phones. Uh, you have four witnesses that were a part of the business, two of which are in prison, one of which is a, a, a CCP spy that was, I, I believe, is now dead. Uh, it doesn't doesn't seem fishy at all to anybody. I don't know, man. Unfortunately, we are going to have to leave it there because we're out of time today. But uh, thank you for sitting down today, Bruce. So for those of you who have not, you'd like to give us a follow over on the social media platform of Parlor. Again, looking for the feedback. Would love to hear from you as a listener. Good feedback, bad feedback, doesn't matter. We like to hear it all. Again, if you'd like to be a guest as well, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, and we can arrange that. We could talk offline and make sure that we can make that happen. And we're... Um, we're very good around here about protecting people's identities. So if that's one thing you're concerned about, then uh, we'll make sure to uh, guard that integrity. But um, yes, uh, do give us a follow over there. You can follow me at Anderson 3 or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Or you could reach out to us anytime by dropping us a line via email at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would humbly ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. Again, we're trying to grow our audience here as much as possible. And we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. You're, we're available everywhere you get your podcasts with the exception of SoundCloud. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Bruce, thank you for your time tonight. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.